Too often, older people complain about younger people. Heard that before? I have. Sometimes there's a good reason. But too often I suspect it's just to complain. So when I came across exceptional young people who love Jesus, I really wanted to tell others about them. Hello and welcome to Great Stories with me, Charles Morris. And today we're going to be joined by not just one exceptional young Christian, but four. And their names are Keith, Chris, Cody, and Katie, and yes, all with K's. And they travel all over singing about Jesus, calling themselves the Irwins. I hope you find this interview as refreshing as I did when I met up with them in Texas not too long ago. And to get things started, I asked them to sing one of their new songs, a cappella. I was a sinner by my own admission. I felt the weight of all my wrong decisions. There was no way I could escape my sentence. But the cross declared a new conviction. Rewriting all my destiny, restoring all my dignity. I'm rising in the victory of the blood of Jesus. My past lost in the mercy seat. I'm watched for all eternity. Now living in the legacy of the blood of Jesus. Well, we were just listening to a song by the Irwins, talking about the blood of Christ, the blood of Jesus, uh, the freedom that we find in that. Let's talk to the Irwins. I don't know. I guess we should go to the oldest of the Irwins. Keith, you're with me here. Tell me a little bit how you guys got started. Okay. Well, Brother Charles, it's kind of a long story, but to make it short, our father has been in evangelism for 48 years traveling. He did it 17 years before he even met our mother. He traveled by himself as a single evangelist for 17 years, didn't meet our mother until he was 36 years old, and he got married at 38. And so he waited for the right one. It took him a little while, but he waited for the right one, met her in a tent revival as he was preaching. And uh, the rest is history, man. I guess he told he tells everybody if you wait till you're 36 to meet your wife and 38 till you marry, you're not going to keep her at the house if you're traveling. You're going to take her with you. And uh, she was on the road with him, uh, with him, and and I came along. Cody came along, Chris, and then Katie, and and we just grew up on the road. I was in the recording studio singing the B.I.B.L.E. on one of his solo records when I was 16 months old. And this is all we've ever done as a family. We all pretty well have the same uh, relative story to that. We were all started really young singing and uh, singing in his revival meetings. We, uh, as kids, we did uh, 40 to 45 Sunday through Wednesday revival meetings a year uh, as we were kids. And so we traveled all over and we still carry about 280 days a year uh, on the road uh, every year traveling with him and some of his revival meetings and Bible conferences. But now God has opened so many doors for us in concert arenas and, and, and high school auditoriums and singing for different promoters all over the country. So God's been really good to us. Cody, let me pop a question out to you here. Even Even as we're doing this interview in Dallas right now, you're singing in a revival. Do people 
in America still go to revivals. Yes, uh, you know, 100%. And the really amazing thing and opportunity we have is to get to a church for multiple days. You know, a lot of artists come in for one show or one date and they meet people, but they don't have a relationship formed. And I feel like that's what God's get to bless us with is, is to have former relationships in, in, in areas where we get to know people, we get to get to know their children and, and, and whole youth groups get to come and engage with us multiple days. And we feel like that's a great way to even minister even more. You know, we get up on stage and then we get off stage and, and we get to talk to them about Christ and minister to them at a more personal level and people do come to revivals you know we we have we're doing a great meeting right now we've done actually our sixth time to be at this church and uh, we we do it annually and it's it's really really exciting to see uh people we see only once a year but multiple days people come out out of the woodworks other churches are involved and and people 100 percent still come to revivals and we feel like it's a huge part of our ministry for sure to get to minister to the local church You're the baby in the family. You're 20 years old. You told me you're all in your 20s. But are there just moments when you're singing or times that you've been ministering where the Lord is at work and you're allowed to just, the Lord uses you guys to reach into the lives personally of people? We want to reach our generation. We want to reach the young people, the youth groups in these churches at different revivals. We want to show them that Christian music is really, really, actually really cool and really awesome. There's a message, a very, the most important message is the gospel of Christ. And we want to get that across in a tune and a beat maybe that a lot of people that we grew up listening to might not put in their music. But since we are young, we can get that across to our generation. And we feel like that's really the most important thing that we can do on stage. We want, we like to put in our albums that there's a song for, you know, a nine-year-old grandson or granddaughter that they will love. And then they can bring their, you know, their grandparent. And there's a song that their grandmother or grandfather will also connect with in a concert. So that's really important for us. And we love doing it as siblings. I can't imagine doing it with anyone else, but my brothers, you know, we have a special bond and a special connection. And of course, family harmony is super important for us. People talk about that a lot when they come to our concerts, but we have so much fun and we absolutely love what we get to do. Is it a little hard for you to be the baby sister and all you've got are older brothers? <laughs> you know, people ask me all the time if they mess with me a lot. And I'll say they do play some tricks on the bus. We like to have fun. We like to keep it really fun atmosphere. Cody's the jokester. He's the quiet one, but he's the dangerous one. But that's, that's what's dangerous about it. But we have so much fun. And we have a respect for each other also. You know, we are siblings and we do like to mess around, but we know the fine line and we do respect each other as siblings as well. All right. Thanks, Katie. You are the real baby of the family, but the baby boy in the family is the keyboardist. His name is Chris. What is this thing? It was it was just mentioned a moment ago about uh, how being siblings, you know, there's a sound that seems to blend together. Do you, you you're banging your fingers on the keys, but you also sing at the same time? What do you think about that? Is there something to that? You know, I, I wish I could come up with some elaborate, calculated answer for that, but. 
honestly, it's everything in terms of musically in our musicianship and our in our group is so natural. It all happens so naturally to where we didn't really we didn't fabricate anything. We didn't really force anything. Our parents never forced anything. We always my love for piano came from watching and, and listening to so many other piano players that has inspired me over the years. And same with vocally, we, 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 we sing this music because we love this music. We grew up on it. And so it ins- God birthed the love for this music in our hearts through so many people that, um, that we all know and love. And, you know, I'll never forget the early years of dad playing guitar and, and just small encouraging moments of, of, oh yeah, you can get up and you can sing that if you want. Never, like I said, never pressuring, but just, just giving us the freedom to express and, and, and not be ashamed of, of messing up or, you know, not being ashamed of because of who being focused, being sure to focus on who you're singing about and why you're doing what you're doing. Since we are siblings and so close is, you know, being on within 45 feet on a bus together, 270 days averaging in a year is a, that means you're a close family. So with that being said, I love that we, we, some, we, 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 we even, even can give a certain glance to each other and we know exactly where we are and we know how to, to encourage and support each other. Even, even if it's on stage in a moment, just we, we know how to, we can read each other. And I think that ultimately makes it easier for us to portray the message of Christ because we, we it makes all of us together, we, we all are musicians in our own right. Keith can play guitar. Uh, Katie's playing piano a little bit, and she writes. She's a great songwriter. Katie is doing a great job at that. And Cody sets up all of our sound equipment. does an incredible job at keeping us sounding good during concerts. We all have our own roles, but I, I, it's amazing to see when we all come together how incredible it, everything. all of our roles are emphasized in a way that is really special that I... Uh, that, like I said, was never forced, was never, it was just, it was so clearly to see now here at my 25th year that it really was God that orchestrated it all in the best way. So we need to hear a little more of your music. You know, we, we, you guys sang acapella. Let's listen to something that you actually recorded in a studio with all the tracks and the layers and everything. Pick a song. Tell me about that song, and tell me why this is a song you want our listeners across North America to hear. This is very easy. It's the title song of, off of our newest record. It's called This Is Love. A lot went into this song, considering that it is it was my first time, and Cody's first time, and Katie's first time, three of the four of us to be a part of a writing session. We co-wrote this song. Christopher was with us, uh, and also the amazing Miss Kennel West, and also Miss Susie Smith, both amazing prolific songwriters dear friends of ours we were on a cruise when we wrote this song brother charles and so uh really an amazing time that we will never forget writing this song and just for the the listenership of, of this song and how people would portray the lyrics it's just all about love and christ's love and and how we should always in our daily lives put shoe leather to the bible verses that we've grown up to and and to proclaim his love to be his ambassadors and to be true Christians and to proclaim and, and whatever. And the song, the first part of the song goes into uh, the homeless shelter and talking about how a man of God was, was bringing food for the body and soul. And uh, that's what we want to do. We, want, we always want to be just good Christians and be Christians' examples, no, uh, no matter where we are, even on stage or off stage. And the second verse talks about Christ and his sacrifice and that's the true meaning of love is, the, is, is how love came down to earth and uh, was sacrificed for the for the for the sins of humanity, and and uh, that that's the the best picture of love that we can give. There's a night beneath the Broadway bridge. He shows up where the homeless live, and he's bringing food for the body and soul. 
soul He sets the table for the ones in need The lonely, the lost, the least of these Then he opens up the Bible and they fill up on hope Forty plus years week after week He cares for those Was, this is love. It's the title song, and uh, Keith, uh, let, let, let's just go back to you. You're, you're. I don't know that you describe yourself as the spokesman for the family, but you're the oldest. Uh, you're out singing. Uh, you're singing your heart out there for the Lord. And uh, do, do you do you see the Lord at work in people's lives? Your sister talked about wanting to reach younger people for Christ. Uh, what what do you guys sense? What do you what do you see out there when you're out uh, sharing with others your Savior? Uh, one particular time and story comes to mind. We were able to sing a prison crusade at the East Ham State Prison. And Time Magazine a few years back called it the meanest prison in America. And it's a long story how the chaplain was able to to make have a seminary in this prison, and they were actually getting. Uh, he's he's been a college professor at different at different colleges, and he, God led him to this prison to teach these prisoners the Bible and the Word of God. And we started this three day prison crusade there. We had 500 inmates each night. When we were there, three nights, crusade, two-hour concert, they, they sang us to death, I'm telling you. But, man, it was incredible. Probably the, the, the biggest, closest comparison, I would say, to any kind of a third-world country that we've ever done. They were on their feet the whole time. Over 400 inmates gave their hearts to Christ in those three days. And it was something that changed radically changed our ministry. Uh, those three days, we really didn't know what we were getting into. Obviously, they're prisoners. There wasn't any kind of honorarium or financial. We were just, we went to give of ourselves to, to proclaim the gospel to these prisoners, and it changed our lives. It really, really did. That was the one thing that, that we were able to see them changed, and we saw so many, and I know a lot of people talk about jailhouse religion. We actually saw true conversion in, in that prison those three days something I'll never forget and uh, and we it was an it's something that really is unique to, to, to our peers I don't think it's really ever happened much as far as that particular setting and we were honored to be able to do it just in East Texas a, a East Ham prison unit in East Texas and uh, we'll never forget it and what God did through our lives and uh, with our ministry I won't ask all four of you but I'm going to ask one of you a question that I ask people when we do interviews. Eeny, meeny, miny, no, no, Chris, I'm going to you. What does Jesus mean to you? You know, it's, it's, it's easy to feel complacent or to feel safe when you're raised in church. I was raised not just in church. I was raised going from church to church, which means every I mean, if those who have traveled or have, have, have visited different churches know that every church is different. There's no two churches the same. There are no two churches the same. And I've seen good. I've seen some horror stories, obviously, who, who hasn't if you've been in the church long enough. But I will say I will never forget when Jesus 
became instead instead of something I've heard about, instead of something I've heard of all of my life. It's not you know I'm I'm, I'm blessed now. I can see that I'm blessed to have had the upbringing that I've had. And I'm very thankful to God that God has blessed me even in protecting me from a lot of things. I'm thankful to say that, but I cannot stress enough for anybody who's listening to this that have maybe been raised in church. Maybe they're so comfortable. They know all the lingo and everything, but this is a personal, real relationship with Jesus that wants to be with you. He wants to love you. He wants to give you peace. I know this 2021, there are countless things around. You could literally open your eyes and feel distracted, feel overwhelmed feel like it is a lost cause. There's no reason to why try, but Jesus wants to give you that purpose that only he can give and that peace, that calm assurance that surpasses understanding or surpasses circumstance. And I'm thankful that God has, he's still, it's it's a work in progress, but I'm thankful that even, I guess really over the past decade for me, I've, I've slowly seen that he wants to have a personal relationship with you. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to, you know, there's no, grandchildren. There's no, is no, my relationship is not because of my father's relationship with Christ. It is 100% a real thing an individual thing. And God wants that. And, and the more you can draw close to him, the more even your relationships around you will fall into place. And it's all about perspective. Keep him first. And it's, it's almost like that was written in the Bible or something, you know, keep, keep Jesus first and he will line everything up. And, but I guess everything I'm trying to say is it's a personal thing. And it's a, it's a re, it's a real thing, and he will he'll give you the peace, and he will calm you in the hectic days of 2021. Let me just ask that same question one more time, Katie. What does Jesus mean to you? Jesus is simply my everything, my past, my future, my present. Everything I want to be in my life is Jesus, and I want the world to see that in everything I do, everything I sing, everything I say. He has saved me. I got saved when I was 13 years old. And as all my brothers have said, this is all we've ever known, but it's all that I want to know. He is everything that I want to seek after in my future, no matter what that may bring. And I challenge everyone listening to make sure that you are following the call on your life because Jesus has given us all a purpose. If you are listening to this, know that you have a purpose in your life. No matter what it may be, follow the will of God and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you do that, Jesus is my everything and I love him and I want to make that very clear. Our God is always near to those who call upon his name and he said that he'd be with us when we're walking through the flame. So tell your heart to trust him in this moment give him praise. Live to highlight pray. Let me pray for you guys. How about that? Okay? All right? Lord, we just pray right now, and I thank you for this family. 
I thank you for a dad who was on the road night after night sharing Christ with others. And then you led him to these guys' mom. And now, Lord, to a new generation. The gospel's going out in churches as they go out. And and, and I hate to use the word perform, so I'm not going to use that word, Lord. I just pray that you would use their ministry in music to touch lives for Christ and lead people to the resurrected Savior. Lord, we're all sinners, and we sure live in a world today where we sin and we see sin all around us. What we need is forgiveness of sin that comes by way of the cross. But more than that, Lord, we need the daily grace that can only come from our risen Savior. So I pray for the Irwins right now. Bless them and bless their future, bless their families, and we pray this all to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. For all the Irwins, and it's they're all with a K, it's Chris, it's Keith, it's Katie, it's Cody, thank you for being with us here on Haven today. And it's oh, our honor, Brother Charles. Thank you. Charles. For thank, you. Yes. thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you could join me for another episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I really enjoyed my time with the Irwins, deep in the heart of Texas. You can check out the video we shot with them and get a copy of their new CD when you visit haventoday.org. And if this podcast has blessed you, I want to encourage you to leave a review and share it with your friends. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, but you can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover our other great episodes posted with the blog. Thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.